tune in, tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. So, Gary, I had an idea for today's lesson. I don't think it's something that we've ever looked at before in depth. And it's not something that we always see videos on, but it's a really, really useful skill, and it's one of the building blocks of music, really. What's that about then, Dan? Well, I'm... Come in the picture. I've been toying with this idea for a while, and it was looking at harmonies. Right, okay. Obviously leaning towards guitar harmonies. We are guitarists, after all. But understanding how harmonies work and being able to play a musical instrument and use them, and also if you're ever called on in a band to sing harmony vocals, yeah, this is a very useful skill because at least you have an instrument with which you can work out what the harmony would be. Now, I realise singing it, now that may be a whole different kettle of fish, but it's an interesting prospect. I mean, I guess there are many kind of twin guitar bands that that sort of came out of the, probably out of the sort of classic rock of the, of the 70s. You know, you had bands like Wishbone Ash, which were big on the, yeah. the twin guitar thing. Thin Lizzy, of course. Oh, yeah. Bands like that. Um, even Bad Company had oh, Bad Company. some, uh, you know, twin guitar moments. Bless you, Paul Rogers. Ah, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome, isn't he? It's all right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so... It, it may be almost seem like a bit of a lost art, but I mean, for those who are even into kind of like the more kind of metal end of things, we do see guitar harmonies popping into that. And you may be asking yourself, you know, if I don't want to play the same notes, if I don't want to play the same chords, because you can harmonize chords as well, what can I play? Or what can we write into this piece that's a bit special? If You know, if you've got an album of 10 songs... You don't want to do the same old guitar solo over song number 11. You know, yeah. perhaps a harmony part might be kind of useful. And harmonies, you don't have to use them to excess. But some bands, you know, you think of bands like Iron Maiden, for example, mm. have, have used harmonies to, to, a, to a great effect. I heard Alice in Chains, uh, Jerry Cantrell and Lane Staley singing, I think it was the beginning of Them Bones, taken out from the rest of the mix. Mm -hmm. And you know there's harmonies there because it feels like it, but they're so tight you almost can't hear them between the two voices. Yeah. And when when you hear them taken out like that, it's amazing. I mean, vocally, again, it can be very dependent on style. When I wanted to learn how to sing harmony vocals, I thought, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go for the hardest thing to sing. I want to hear that harmony. So I started looking at country records, you know, Tim McGraw, Brad Paisley. Yeah. The reason being that in country records, often the harmonies are fairly in your face. They're quite easy to pick out. Right. And they're usually not going to be the dark sounding harmonies because of the kind of style it is. Yep. So you're going to end up with, you know, sort of fourths, fifths, thirds, that kind of thing. All of which we will explain in a bit. But yeah, it, it's one of those things that's a useful skill, even if you harmonize. For a little bit, the guy I play in a band with, Alex, him and I do some fairly ferocious (laughs) harmony guitar work where it is pretty complex. But we also do other bits where we've we've just figured out nice little harmony sections to things. Yeah. You know, or even just a note slung at the end of a solo, you know, like the one held note and you harmonize with that can just make things sound just that little bit cooler. Yeah. And because it's not something that everybody's doing, and because it's, a, you know, as I say, one of the building blocks of music, one of the fundamental building blocks of music, how harmony works, mm. that's the basis of chords and everything, it's useful in so many more areas than just guitar. Wonderful. Sounds great. And I heard you and Alex playing together and did actually see that in the actual uh well hear it for myself brilliant sounds really good excellent so let's get started what is a harmony 
So harmonies, two notes played at once, I would say, or, or so they're ringing out together at least. So, yeah, it is... Two different notes. A note kind of played against another note. When something is in harmony, it's not just a random note. No. Yeah, yeah. Now, this this is the thing that needs a little bit of explaining. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, Boss bought out a pedal called the Pitch Shifter. Yep. Now, what the Pitch Shifter did was it gave you your note. So, say your note was A. Sort of crackly pots. Say <laughs> so your note was A. And then it would give you a pitched shift note against it. So in other words, a note that is shifted by exactly so many frets. Yep. So if you, say, had a note which was shifted by five frets, you would have A and D. Yeah. And fourth. But... So that would be a perfect fourth. But if we then take this to the nth degree, so you've got the A and D, that's five frets apart, and that's going to follow up. Yeah, so we're all going to put every, every note, even if we go up in kind of like a scale, so I sort of went from so the major A, scale. B, C, D, E, F, G. Now, so A... A a minor. minor. Yeah. Right. So on the bottom string, I'm playing a minor. Yeah. Now it sounds a bit strange because not every note in the A minor scale would be five notes. Right. Above. Then you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So if we look at what's happening, I quite like the sound, but it's got a. It's got a funny sound at times, yeah. Right. So when you go to the D, so whereas the E string, we're fretting on the fifth fret of the E string producing an A note, we're going like A minor on the one bottom E string. So that's fine. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then back to A again. But on the D, so A minor, no sharps, no flats. On the, on the A string, yep. Yep. On the A string, we're going to start on the D. So for it to be all in the key of A minor, we still want no sharps, no flats. So what happens? Uh, we've got the fifth fret of, of the D string and then following what we've done, mimicking the same fret of the A string, yep. everything five frets apart. Yep. We've got D, E, F, G, A. Well, that's all good. D, e, F, G, A. So we haven't got the F sharp. Oh, no, because we're in minor, sorry. That's right. Yeah, but then on the E string we go to the thirteenth fret, giving us an F. Yep. But that would then give us a B flat on the D, so that wouldn't work. Yeah, got you. So we need to play a, a B. Yep. And then the other two are fine. So we would get this if it was if it was a true harmony. Yeah, you put in that harmony there. Right. So, when you pitch shift, the point of what I'm trying to kind of get across here is, for one, harmonising is not pitch shifting. Yeah. It's not taking a note and just playing another note that's exactly a set amount of frets above it. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Music is mathematical, but like anything else that has its own set of rules and laws, you have to work within the maths of the actual subject that you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, how that actually works. So the maths for us is that on both strings, we need to be playing a note from the A minor scale. No sharps or flats. Right. Yeah. So when we hit that B flat note, it may be in line on the same fret, but different string as the F. Yeah. 13th. Oops. But it is out of the A minor key. So it is not technically correct. Yeah. For it to be a harmony, we have to change it to a B, B flat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this then leads me on to my next sort of understanding of the harmony situation, trying to help yeah. everybody kind of understand it and get a, get a grip on it. It's not pitch shifting, so don't think that you can always shift by the same amount of frets and you'll always get 
a perfect harmony in the key. This is why when you've got a harmonizer pedal, which Boss brought out far later because the technology is far more complicated, you have to actually tell it what key you're in. So you have words, to punch that in, or does it work it out? It's got a knob on there which actually kind of like says, well, you know, great, you're playing these notes. What key are we in then? Uh, so once you then embark on, you know, if you're, if you're in E minor and you tell it you're in E minor, it then chooses the notes to harmonise with you in E minor and you tell it that you want to do a certain harmony, thirds, fifths, yeah. whatever. So let's explain how this then really, really works. So really, harmony in our situation, the definition of the harmony is it's the the mix of two notes which have an intervallic leap or gap between them. And are in key. And remain in the same key throughout. Yeah. Okay. The cool. only time that will change is if the key of the song changes and we are changing for that reason. So let's go up a scale, for example. What scale do you want to do? I don't mind what one. What's a favourite guitar scale? Favourite guitar scale is A minor or C. <laughs> C major, probably. <laughs> let's use C major because it's going to hopefully, yeah. Uh... But I mean, you know, G as well, I suppose. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's go C. C's okay. good. C works. C means no sharps and flats, which makes it easier for this kind of thing. I think. Yeah, that's right. So any C major scale will do. I'm starting on the low C, so I'm on the third fret of the A string. Yep. I'm going to go three, then five on the A string. That could be C and D. And then I'm going to play two, three, five on the D string, which is E F G. And then two, four, five on the G string. Give me A, B, C. So each one of those notes, we could almost add a number to it. A bit like when we're trying to figure out chords. I think we looked at that at some point. I can't remember if we haven't probably yeah. that as well. Let's say the first note, that's our root note. Yep. So in the key of C, our root note is, of course, C. Pretty yep. obvious. We call it a one. Number one. You are number one. Yeah. Who's number two? So we got root note, first note, numero uno. And then the D is the second. E is the major third. That's because it's the third note in the major scale and we're in a major key. Yep. The F is the fourth. The, uh, G is the fifth. A is the sixth. And B is the seventh. And it's the major seventh. And the next C above that is the octave. So when we're trying to work things out, the first thing we really do need to know, and this this is good for you to get into whoever you are, is it really, really helps to know what's in what you're playing. I've said this so many times, but, you know, it does elude a few people, and I can understand why, but it's one of those things you've just got to kind of get down to it if you want to get some of this stuff down, really, so you really understand it. It's going to be good for our listener who got in touch with you on Sunday. Um, David, David, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be good for him. I think it was. Yeah, I'm going to try to help him with a, a little message back or two, sort of explaining about about how things sort of go together and how he could sort of best practice what he was asking. But yeah, he, he was talking about knowing the fretboard. Is that is that what needs to be done? Do I need to read music, etc.? Reading music certainly has its place, and it can be very, very visual. Mm. You know, from the point of view, if you're writing out a harmony and then, you know, you you could almost kind of write out a piece of music, write out a harmony on a piece of tracing paper and kind of superimpose one over the other, if you know what I mean, yeah. and kind of see how one line sort of traces the, the next. Might help you do things quickly, I suppose. Yeah. There's, obviously, there's, it's going to take a long time to get there as well. Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of validity to learning to read music at any level, whether it's you just know the difference between a crotchet and a minim, Yep. You know sort of where the notes appear on a stave. You can define a key signature or a time signature. It's all helpful stuff. It's not something to shy away from. But at the same time, you know, what's the most important thing to you? 
Now, if you're doing a lot of reading gigs, and there are reading gigs out there, then learning to sight read is going to be very, very important to you. And for a guitar player in particular, learning to sight read chord charts is is going to hold a special place in your repertoire as far as earning a living is concerned. You know, if you're trying to get people through classical guitar exams and things like that, or you're a classical guitarist, reading is really a must. You've got to do that. Yeah. You know, a lot of jazz is still written out that way. So there's there's plenty of validity in reading reading the dot. It's a real useful skill. Yeah. And there's good for rhythm as well, isn't it? Really good. Yeah, you can define rhythms by writing them out as well. That's really handy. And I think it's just a, a great skill to be able to to have. There's a lot of pupils that I teach that you know, I do teach music too. And uh, I, I think that's that's valid. It's it's as good a way as convey, of conveying, you know, what you want them to play as anything else. But if you're improvising all the time, then that's that may not be your priority. Yeah, in exactly. that case. Okay. yeah. I mean, for most of the gigs I do, I don't have a, a course to to read music. And ironically, the one time I went to an audition where the woman on the phone to me said hmm. how imperative it was that I read music, it was bordering on rude. When I turned up, she gave me a PA in its part. But what do I want the part the pianist is going to play? <laughs> I'm a guitar player, Muppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. yeah. And, then, and then for one song, she gave me a chord written down on a piece of paper with a rough rhythm. Well, that's it. That's sight reading to you, is it? Really? Really, yeah. is it? Yeah. Oh, shocking. <laughs> Idiot. Shocking. Idiot. Anyway, yeah. we, we, we suffer many we idiots in this, yeah. in, this, in this business, I'm afraid. Anywho, sorry, soapbox. So no, let's talk about harmonies. Okay. So, we've gone up the scale. So, when we talk about a harmony being a second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh, we're talking about that's how far it is away from the root note. Yeah. Now, when I say that, not all songs start on the root note. Yeah. But I'm going to get to that in a minute. Let's have a listen to how the different harmonies sound. So all I want you to do for me, and we'll go in each one, one in turn, won't take long, we're going to go up and down the C major scale. Yep. And I'm going to play the harmony. Yep. I'm going to start playing the scale with you, and then the harmony. Okay. Okay? Yep. One, two, three, four. So I'm duplicating, playing in unison what you're, you're yep. playing, basically. Now I'm going to play all of the notes a second apart. Okay. So in other words, I'm starting on, on the next note D. in the scale, yeah. the second step of the scale, but I'm going to run up eight notes. So I'm going to go all the way up the scale and add the octave note on the end and come back. So I'm playing as many notes as you are, but everything is going to be shifted up a note. Okay. But it's not shifted up in terms of frets, it's shifted up in terms of notes. Yeah. So I'm still playing low sharps or flats. I'm starting on D instead of C, but I'm going to play the notes of C major. So I'm going to go D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D, and back again. And those dudes out there that are looking at modes, you're playing the Dorian mode over the top of, I guess, that's well, another way. Well, yes, another way of looking yeah. at it, yeah. Okay, so let's give that a go. One, two, three, four. So although it's a harmony, technically, it's not one you're probably likely to find vocally in many things. No. It doesn't sound particularly sweet. Those notes are pretty close to each other. Yeah, it always has like a nasty sort of quality. Yeah. You know, I can understand if you were maybe doing some quite jarring sort of film or TV music. De gent or something. Gent or whatever. Yeah, or something a little bit quirky. You know, mm. you might you might have a bit of that in there. But it's not a harmony that we would choose usually for yeah. most things. And the reason I say that is because every harmony, like every chord, if you look at a major chord, it has a different quality to it. From from a dominant seventh, yeah, it has a different quality to it from a major seventh or a sixth. It's a yeah. subtle difference, perhaps, with chords, but sometimes it is a bigger difference. If you look at like an A diminished chord, it's going to be totally different to a major or a minor chord. Yeah, but they are all kind of under that subcategory of well, it's it's in the key of A. 
And this is the sort of thing I'm getting at is, you know, every, every harmony has its use, but yeah. some are going to be more useful to you than others. So moving on, we're going to now look at thirds. Thirds sounds super sweet. Thirds gets used all the time. Yeah. Sounds great with guitar harmonies. Sounds brilliant with vocal harmonies. Let's look at that. We're going okay. to be starting on E. As before, no sharps or flats. I'm just going up the C scale, but I'm starting higher up and I'm ending higher up. Think of the scale like a big circle. This is probably the easiest way to do it. Rather than think like you're shifting, which you would for different keys. You're not mm. shifting key. You're in the key. So it's like a big circle of notes. And I'm just starting at a different point on the circle. Like those old telephones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So here we go in thirds. Yeah. One, two, three. Great. So it sounds very, very sweet, very, very melodic. If you think about it, it's the third, be it major or minor, in every chord which defines whether it is major or minor. Yeah. It's a really important note. So you're picking out the majors and minor uh, chords of the C major scale. I C, guess, C, I C guess, in a funny kind of a way, we sort of are. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm picking the major third from the C, the minor third from the D minor, and, and so on. Yeah, I guess that's another way of looking at it. So let's move on now to fourths. So okay. fourths are kind of adjacent to one another. The guitar is tuned in fourths. Yeah, the only string which isn't tuned as a fourth is the B string. So if you think of it, the fifth fret on the E string is the same as open A. The fifth fret on the A string is the same as open D. The fifth fret on the D string is the same as open G. And if you wanted those notes but fretted, you know, you could literally... You could literally kind of fret the notes side by side on the same fret, you know, E string yeah. and so on. Gotcha. Um, the only rogue, as I say, is the G. Yep. It's not the G, sorry, the B, because the, the B is, is tuned a major third apart from the G, but the top E is tuned a fourth apart from the B. So it's a, a sort of a harmony that in guitar land we should be fairly used to. So here we go. We're going to do fourth. So your starting note's going to be C. Mine's an F. One, two, three, four. Strident. Strident. Strident's good, yeah. That'd be the word I would I would associate with it. If you were if you were doing something maybe quite um alternative rock possibly, like you mentioned Alice in Chains earlier. Yeah. Fourths might be quite good because it takes away that sweetness yeah. which you get with the major minor sort of thirds or anything a third apart. The fourths to have that strident kind of quality, you know, you could use it quite successfully in sort of metal and things like that. You could also use it alongside other harmonies. What we're looking at here is two-part harmony. So two-part harmony is where you get one person playing like the fundamental melody or line and then someone else, myself in this case, harmonising with you. Yep. So what you could do is if you had yet another guitar player... You could have Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you were doing... If you, essentially, if you were playing the C major... I was harmonising in thirds, someone else could harmonise in fourths or fifths mm. or whatever. But you have to experiment to see what's going to sound really, really good. Sound. Cool. Yeah. So you hear how they're a different sound. Let's move on. Let's go to the next one. So now we're going to go to fifths. I'm going to start on a G. Yep. If you would be good enough to start on a C. Sure. One, two, three, four. So fifths, when we think of our power chords, they are often referred to as five chords. So if you get an A power chord, it's an A5. Yeah. If you get an F power chord, it's an F5. Now the reason for that is simple. The reason they're 
called power chords is because they contain the root and the fifth. Yep. And that's it. That's yep. all they have. So when you do a harmony in fifths like that, it sits quite sort of nicely in our sort of, you know, psyche as far as chord chord sounds are concerned. It sounds a little bit more chordy, although still strident, than yeah. the fourth. Quite resolved. Yes. I think that's a good word, because, you know, a fourth apart, if you think of a suspended fourth chord, you know, it's hanging. Yeah, it needs, needs some resolution, doesn't it? Yeah, there you go. Right. Whereas a fifth chord... So moving swiftly but not abrasively, let's move <laughs> on to sixths. So I'm going to start on A, and you're going to be playing a C. Yep. One, two, three, four. So that could be... Like a, that. It's very nice, isn't interesting it? Interesting sound, yeah. It's an interesting sound... It's not quite as sugary as, as the thirds. Yeah. It's not as strident as fourths or fifths. It's quite melodic. Mm. It would be a nice one to put in along with fundamental notes and then your thirds. Like as a three-part yeah. harmony, so you have all three going at once. It's kind of un- unusual, I think, sixths, because, you know, we don't often... I mean, there are chords with sixths. Sixth chords in them, sorry, songs with sixth chords yeah, absolutely. in them. It's a bit more unusual, isn't it? It is. Uh, I think there may be sometimes the preserve of the jazz art. So we've got a couple more of these to have a look at. Yep. Let's play these and then we'll we'll move on to kind of some practical application. Brilliant. So we've got the sevenths. So this is starting on the major seventh. Basically the last note of the scale that's different before we hit the octave, because that's obviously the same as the first book. Yeah, up. Cool. So I'm going to start on a B. You'll be starting on a good old C still. Yep. Here we go. One, two, three, four. So again, a bit of a strange one. Yeah. So you know. know, it's better than. Before, because there's the distance between the notes. Yeah, it doesn't sound like the second, which is a bit of a weird one. Too close. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, it might be one of those ones like the sixth that you want to kind of chuck in along with maybe the more regular fourth, fifths, and thirds. Okay. Yep. And octaves. finally, let's look at octaves. Could we so, look at the ninths as well, just to see the difference between that and the seconds, whether having a distance. We can sure. If you don't mind. Yeah. So let's look at the octave. One, two, three. Four. No, no clash. No. <laughs> I mean, sometimes with octaves, you know, vocally, that sometimes is hard to do if the range of something huge will start high yeah. in the first place. On a guitar, it can work. It certainly has its moments. West we- Montgomery, of course. Yeah. I mean, he was doing fighters as well. Yeah, I mean those sort of octave patterns where you hold the two notes. Yeah, that's quite common. Yeah, um, in the band I play, and we do Lenny Kravitz's "Are You Going to Go My Way." Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and again, you know, you've got the um, and the other guys doing the octave. Yeah. Same goes when it changes key, you know. Yeah. And so on. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be effective, definitely. Played on its own, no, not so great. Wes Montgomery used octaves to great effect by playing them all himself. Yeah. By fretting a note and then having a string in between which is muted out. Yeah. and then fretting another note an octave up from the first and strumming across. He also used his thumb, which made it sound very fat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So while technically it is a, a sort of harmony of sorts, it's really duplicating what you're already playing but higher up. But yeah. it does have a use. Yeah. It definitely has some sort of use. You could also use it as a bit of a thickener where you don't maybe want to play single notes or you don't want to play the same chord twice or whatever. You you want things a little bit fat, sort of a little bit fatter. There are some solos which feature octave pedals as well. Of course, you can use a pedal just like you can if you want to mm. harmonize or pitch shift something to yeah. generate the extra note. And there's some great solos. Richie Sambora's solo comes to mind from Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name. Octave all over it, and it really, really kind of works and drums yeah. up the drama uh, and sounds absolutely fantastic. Unusual to hear it for an entire solo, but, it's, but it is there. Sometimes people also use octave with a with a fuzz as well, or even a fuzz pedal that kind of generates an octave up that doesn't always exist with the fundamental note underneath. So again, it's not necessarily technically falling into the harmony category. I, I remember hearing about an interesting sounding pickup where it played the bass note. Oh yeah, I, I, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I imagine there was some weird science going on there, sort of giving you the the difference of notes so the low strings held, handled the bass and the higher strings handled the treble didn't they? The, yeah and the yeah. higher register yeah yeah I, I seem to remember a similar thing it's an interesting idea for yeah. sure the ninths are going to be the same notes as the seconds Second. yeah but echoed an octave higher yep a ninth part so in other words nine notes in the scale apart so if you're playing the root which is c if we go up nine notes from c C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. Yep. The ninth note, apart from the C, will give you a D. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it sounds a lot better than seconds, doesn't it? It makes a big it, difference. It does seem distance. to, yeah. It's almost like, like although the note itself... Is the same note, it, yeah. Is the same note. It's not kind of like just in front of the one that we've already played. Yeah. So let's look at some practical application for this, shall we? Yes, please, Dan. Yeah, great. So let's say you had a melody yep. in C. So let's take something really silly, like you know, the English soap opera theme from East Enders. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so something stupid and innocuous, right? <laughs> is harmonise with this little ditty. Right. Now, I've never tried harmonising with this little ditty. I've played it dozens of times on a guitar just for fun. Are we alright for copy? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> joking. Barbara Windsor will uh, have your guts <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She'll, uh, she'll get that uh, Queen Vic statue and uh, threaten oh, yeah. me with it. She will. Yeah. Pat! Pat! <laughs> copy the tune! Pat! <laughs> So we're going to try and harmonise with this. Now this tune happens to be in C and it happens to start on C. But I'm going to explain something about that in a second. Let's try and harmonise with this. So your notes that you're playing to start with are like running up the scale. So it's C, D, E, F, G, A, F. So if I want to harmonise with that, the first thing that I need to do 
is find my starting note. Now, I'm going to use thirds because thirds sounds kind of sweet. Okay. So I can run up the scale just like you. So I can get as far as this. Because that's just running up the scale. So I choose E, which is a major third apart from C. Yep. We're in the key of C, so I'm going to use the notes from C. So your first one, two, three, four, five, six notes are just running up the scale. Okay. So I can just run up the scale of C major, but start on E. Yep. Okay, now your seventh note, you drop down to an F. So when I was playing over the F, I would have been three notes higher in the scale. We include the note we start on to give us our three notes apart. So if you're on F, in the key of C, my next note would be G. That's a second apart. My next note would be A in the key of C. So once I've played my C, I'm going to harmonise with your F by playing an A. I tend to recognise intervals as patterns as well. You okay. Possibly, do you do that as well a bit? Like, so you'd think that that would be up a string and down a fret. Okay. As a major third. Do you no, know? Not really. Do you know what? I'll tell you, let's come back to that All in right, a second. Okay. Okay. I yeah, just yeah. want to try this little thing yeah. with you. And I'm going to come back to your point about that. Yeah. There's an interesting, an interesting learning point I've got about that. Okay, good. Yeah. So let's start again. Key of C. Yep. EastEnders. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, three, four. Okay. Sounds a bit more interesting than just playing it on your own. That's right. (laughs) So there's several things that you need to know, really, to make the best of this. For one, you've got to know the notes in the scale, and you've got to know where you can find them in different places, because your harmony may take you outside of patterns you know. So really a good understanding or knowledge of the scale, or at the very least the ability to work it out. You don't need to work it out on the fly, but you do need to work it out. You notice what I did was I counted up from the note that I was on. So when I wanted to know what the harmony a third above F was, I could have just told you, but that wasn't really going to help you. So I went through the process with you. So if I'm in the key of C, I've got no sharps or flats. Yep. So therefore, it cannot be a sharp or flat anything. It's just a note somewhere between A and G, C and the other notes higher up until we hit B. So if I'm playing F in the key of C, I'm going to include that as one of my notes. So that's one. My next note up, G, that's two. Two. My note after that in the key is A, that's three. So A is one, two, three notes apart from the F, including the F. So that gives me a harmony of a third. Yeah. And that's the way you've got to work it out. Now... What you said earlier, just a few minutes ago, about sort of learning via patterns and things, I think what we have to remember is that different people learn in different ways. You'd have to then know what was major and minor as well, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to... <laughs> well, you would, but also, also you need to know from a key point of view. So it's all well and good knowing that if I put my finger on the sixth fret of the B and the fifth fret of the top E... I'm playing a major third. Yeah. That's all well and good, but I've also got to know it in terms of where that exists in my key. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know. So, I mean, you can do some work. I know we talked about this before. Like, say you wanted to figure stuff out. You could learn as a starter for 10. I mean, depending on your level, you could learn from the most basic up, or you could learn a more complex scale if you wanted to harmonise that. You could start with C major on the B string, starting on the first fret. So you go C, D on the third, E on the fifth, F on the sixth, G on the eighth, 10 gives us A, B is the 12th fret, of course, and the octave is at the 13. Now, if we found a note which was three notes in the scale higher, well, that's pretty easy because we just plot the scale out. Yeah. So C, D, E would be the major third. So now you can play the first fret on the B string against the open top E. 
and you've got a harmony of a major third. Yep. So if you want to stick with thirds all the way up, obviously what the harmony is, major or minor, etc., is going to change with each new set of notes. Yes. But then if we're going to the third, giving us D, on the E, the next available note in the key of C is F. On the first. So three and one. Then five and three. Six and uh, five. Eight and seven. Ten and eight. Twelve and ten. And the octave up, which is thirteen and twelve. So that gives us the harmony of the third. Now, if you follow this to its logical conclusion, then you carry on with all of the other harmonies, you'll obviously be able to do a very similar thing with them. You might have to rejig the strings on which you yeah. put them on. For six, it's often, you know, a string apart. The country thing, really. Yeah. So... Back to our... Back to our... Back to East... Back to... Pat! Pat! So, we've had this. Yep. And I've harmonised it in, major, in thirds, in the major, C major scale. Yep. The next bit... So that starts on the F, so we've already agreed yep. that's A... And again, we're just coming down the scale. Yeah. F, E, D, C, C. So if I'm starting on A, I just come down the scale from A. Two, three, four. Yeah. So let's try what we've got so far. One, two, three, four. Now, the last bit, so we've got a much lower note, so we've got a G, so I need to figure out from the G note in the scale where my thirds are, so I go do our thing again, three notes up from G, G, A, B, yep. so your E, F, G, And back to E. <laughs> Good. So let's try what we've got so far. One, two, three, four. So you, at the end, you'd go C, B, C, B, C. So for me, I'd be going E, D, E, D, E. Yep. Okay. Three notes up from C is E. Three notes up in the scale from the B is the D. It sounds really good. Even it's for, it's, even quite, it's quite difficult, isn't it, actually? To, it's quite, cha- quite a challenging thing to do. It's a challenging thing to play, to play it together. Yeah. But it can work. Now... What was quite easy about that when we got going is, as with so many melodies, although some do dance it. about, right? We know it. <laughs> we do know it. It needs, yeah. yeah, you need to pick something that you know, you know, whether it's the Simpsons theme or whatever it is. Anything that you kind Yankee of know. Doodle, dandy or anything twinkle, like twinkle little star. Like earlier in the day, I was, I was doing this with some, some kids and... So yeah, even good, isn't it? yeah, something like that is quite noty, but you know, with a bit of practice, you know, you know, you could do the harmony. Yeah. So how can we then use it maybe in a practical way, guitar-wise? We have a unique instrument. It's not unique as in nobody else can do this at all, hmm. but I think few instruments do it with the finesse, and that's bending strings. Because we can still bend to harmonies. Yeah. So Bending and vibrato and all those things is just wonderful in guitar. Exactly. Yeah. So like say you say you want to play something that's maybe including 
a few bends and things. What we can do is we can follow those with the harmony too. Nice. So what we're going to do, I'm going to start on C. Yeah. And we're just going to do a lick, say, like this. Okay. So we're starting on the fifth fret of the G, and then bending from the seventh, and then finally doing a similar lick and then bending from the eighth fret of the B. So, right, I? <laughs> so let's give you a rocky tone of the note and so let's do something a bit more rocky. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Now say I want to do a similar sort of thing and I'm, I want to do it as well in the key of C major. Yeah. I start with exactly the same principles as before. Nothing changes. So you were here. So fifth fret gives you yep. C. Then D, you bend to E. Do you want me to try and do it? So what I'm going to do, I'm going to explain the nuts and bolts of it, and then we're going to put it together. Uh, but yeah, I can, set, I can set you a challenge in a minute. Yeah, all right, okay. So... What we're going to do, we're going to start on C, then we're going to go to D, and we're going to bend up, release it down to a D, seventh, go back to the C, bend up again. The same thing again, but instead of that bend on the end, we're going to bend from the eight to the ten. Now, to duplicate what you're doing, but in harmony, there's a couple of things that need to happen. My bend needs to take the same amount of time as your bend, but you're going further. Yes. That's Something that not everyone is going to think about here. But, so, you, but it's going to be hard on the ear, though. Right. It's going to be hard on your play. If you're playing according to your ear and you're going, right, I need to go to that note, but yet there's a harmony in the background, it might even throw you a little bit, might it? You, yeah. you need to track the other's note, both from a note perspective and a timing perspective. Yeah. So that's where we need to be. Okay, cool. So let's say we're in C. So I'm going to bend from the E, because the E is three frets apart in the key of C, as we said before, from the original C note. And my next logical note to bend to, you went from D to E, I'm going to bend from the F to the G. So I'm playing notes E, F and G. And then I need to bend from the B, 12th fret, because that you were bending from the G yeah. at the end. So I've got to bend from the note, three notes are. But I've got to bend just so up to a C. A C. Yeah. So. so now let's put that together. Yeah. One, two, three, four. And again. So let's <laughs> let's say you're doing a real slow bend, right? So yep. you're slow bending up to the A. Can you do that? Now I'm going to track you, but I've got to bend as slowly from the B to the C. Two, three, four. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, I've got to drag my yeah. bend out. Yes. Yeah? You have to be slower. You have to half speed. All right. So, what if you're playing over something kind of more bluesy, rocky, rather than straight major minor, and you want to create that sound? Well, let's look at something where we're just going to change one note, because our little bends there is in kind of a bluesy way. If we if we wanted to look at that, you could look at it like it's almost in like the pentatonic, a pentatonic minor bends. <laughs> So all I have to yeah. do, if I want to make this work, what probably works better than trying to work it out from the 
the minor pentatonic scale because that leaves you to all kinds of massive intervals and stuff. Yeah. I know. I'll tell you how I know because a few years ago, we decided that we would do With or Without You by U2. Simple song, four chords, trawling around and around and around until you've had enough. Great vocal. But we needed to kind of put our guitar stamp on it. Yeah. So we decided we would write a massive solo-y section, but keep it melodic and harmonised. Yeah, yeah. And in the middle of that, I just thought, running down the D major pentatonic scale, like this. (laughs) Simple as that. I thought nothing of it. I was just starting on the 17th fret on the A of the top string. Go all the way to the bottom. And down to the D. And then up to the LC. Not difficult, really. You know, when you play it in that shape, you think nothing of it. Yeah. Oh, just the pentatonic shape. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's shape number four. Nothing in it. Play it in your sleep, no problem. Yeah, how difficult can harmonising that be? <laughs> how difficult can it be? <laughs> but then when we try to harmonise it, and Alex was sort of harmonising under it, for him to start on, for me to start on the A, meant he started on an F sharp, which means when I go to an F sharp, he goes to a, a D. Which meant that on the next... He had to do that on the next one. So he was going F sharp D. Is this to harmonise in what way? C sharp B. So he's doing thirds. Thirds below. Third low, yeah. Third low. Just go down to the twelve. Just that bit. So if you do the ordinary one, and just I'll just down do a few notes, yeah. and I'll just do the first. I'll do the first six, few yeah. first okay. six notes. Two, three, four. You can see how what, yeah. more, what more of an awkward pattern he's got to play. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. the pentatonic, and also you can't just yeah. use another pentatonic shape to harmonise because it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have something a third. It skips a whole bunch of notes. And you, you know, in this case, we wanted a third below. Got a nice line on in in the minor pentatonic or the major pentatonic scales mm. or blues. To harmonise with it may cause you some issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do here? We had this. I'm going to harmonise with that using Dorian. I'm going to use A Dorian. So that's G major starting on yeah. A. So the only difference here is our F gets swapped out for an F sharp. Yeah, okay. But this will be the difference between it sounding kind of more bluesy and rocky and not. One, two, three, four. Yeah. 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 Sounds a lot more kind of bluesy and rocky, doesn't it? Actually? Yeah. yeah. So... The moral of this story, really, is when you want to use harmonies and stuff, be aware of how they how they work. Yep. And be aware of how useful they can they can be. Sometimes it's for just little bits in a tune. I mean, we do one of the Eagles songs called Get Over It. Yeah. And it has quite a lot of solos, which we ping-pong off of one another for. So, I'll take a solo, I'll take a solo. And at the end of his very first solo... He kind of has a solo that he's worked out and it really works. So his last note is D. Yeah. So he's doing like some bluesy thing. Or whatever. And the drums stop, everything stops, and you just hear this one D note ring out. 
Yeah. And I thought to myself, that's like a lone note. That's a little bit sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the phone. What can we do to... Yeah. So, all I do is I just do this. So, play that little lick there. Yeah. So, I put in a third above, which is an oh, F sharp. Nice. nice, yeah. And it just kind of catches the ear and you go, ooh, what's that? Yes. Nice. Yeah. And How it... did he do that? He's only got one guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look there, Stan. <laughs> but even, even things like that, I think we were doing Rock and Roll by Led Zepp, you know. The... And it got to, like, the second verse, and I was like, it would be cool to put some stuff in with the rhythm, you know. So I do that. I think Al plays this over the top. Let's give it a try. I'm not sure if this is what he plays. I can't remember. We'll soon find out. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think he does that. So he starts oh, on like, the C sharp. Finishes on the A. Resolves to the same. But resolves to the same note. Yeah. Yeah, and in that case, what he does is he plays the same note twice. The F sharp. So he doesn't do that bit, he stays there. What am I doing? You're playing the F, which doesn't really work. So we double up on the F shot. So there's some rhythm stuff there. Right. And I think there's That's a, great. There's then another helpful. bit in the same verse. <laughs> well he does a very a very sure thing. <laughs> or something like that. Cool. So there's bits That's of brilliant. rhythm you can do as well. The reason we hung on two notes yeah. is because you go you go. <laughs> So you've got the blues note. So the yeah. F sharp is the, the major third of the D note after that. Yeah. But, but also gives you the minor third, the diminished third, as yeah. such, against the E flat. So. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So whenever, folks, you are thinking of applying a little harmony, <laughs> these are your top tips to remember. Number one, numero uno, you need to think of the notes as if they're going in a big circle. So it's not how many frets apart you are from something that's important, it's how many notes you are apart from it in the scale. You need to stick with the scale and use the notes in the scale. If you just play a pattern further up the neck, unless it's an octave higher, you ain't harmonising with nothing. Yep. You are going to find notes which clash and notes which don't clash. Effectively, you're just pitch shifting. You must stick with the biscuits. scale. It's a, <laughs> yeah. If it's something you want to get into, it's something you really, really need to know what notes you're playing. It really, really helps. Not just a pattern. A pattern is just going to lead you to playing another pattern. You need to know the notes you're dealing with so you can make the best of it. If you want to put bends and all that sort of thing in, the same rules apply. So, don't just hit and hope. You can't with harmonies. It's just going to sound terrible. Know what note you're bending from. And equally, if not more importantly, know what note you're bending to. Know what the pitch is. So when I play on the 12th fret on the B string and bend up a semitone. I need to know that that's a C. It's no good, good me just going, oh, I just bend. Yes. Yes. If you're conveying this to another guitar player, he needs to know, is that a two-fret bend? You know, a tone? Is it a semitone? It's likely to be one of those two. It could be higher still. Mm. Alex and I even do things with the trem. Where we'll duplicate what each other's doing with the trem system. Yeah. But in harmony. <laughs> That's kind of cool as well, you know, so you actually follow each other using your, you know, your, your trem, whether you're doing a dive bomb or whether you're actually kind of doing, you know... <laughs> Like the Steve Lucas thing, you know, where you're dipping your trem. And... 
You might have someone going. There's someone, someone else. Or whatever it is, harmonising with it, but using using the trem as part of it, which you are going to duplicate each other, what each other is doing, yeah. but in a hum, in a harmonising way. So there's that. If you're bending, don't just worry about the notes. I'm afraid that's not enough. That's a good start. But remember that if you're covering a whole tone bend and you need to match it with a semitone bend because that's the harmony that you want, then you're going to need to get to the same place at the same time. If you are thinking of writing harmony guitar stuff into something, if it starts getting complex, you're probably going to want to sit down with a metronome or a drum machine Make sure everything works. Make sure it all sits nicely. Once you've kind of locked in and nailed it, it's a joy to behold. And it really, really works. And it's something that not other bands are doing. Indeed, for our band, Full House, which you can check out, fullhouse.co.uk, if you want to come to a gig or something, or check us out. You know, the Highly whole... recommend it. Thank you very no, no. much, Gary. <laughs> um, for us, it's our USP. It's our unique selling point, really, is the twin guitars and the guitar harmony stuff. And the way that we all sort of slip it into tunes that you know and love, and, and it just kind of works. But it's taken a lot of work. You know, the first time we put a harmony part in Purple Rain, it was a car crash, and we had to go back to the drawing board and say to the other guys in the band, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry we've wasted three hours of your rehearsal time. Oops. We're going to need to practice this a little more. So we took it away for three weeks, rehearsed it endlessly, many times using a metronome, until we had it in the bag. And then we dropped it back in the tune after rehearsing it, making sure it all fitted together nicely and putting it back in the set. And so the, these things are a time package because they require not just one person, but two people to work together. But I do think as well that two guitarists, while one person can get away using a harmony pedal or similar, I do think that two guitar players with their own unique sound, their own unique touch and feel and tone, playing the harmonies, it's much more exciting to watch, much more exciting to listen to. It's much more varied. You know, you've got, if you've got one guy playing a Strat and one guy playing a Les Paul, the sound's going to be quite different. And, you know, okay, those two guitars are at either end of the tonal spectrum. But even when you've got different amps, different cho- choices of tone and stuff, and you're doing the harmonies, that's kind of cool. That kind of gives it its individual vibe. You know, Iron Maiden, I imagine they're still doing that kind of stuff now, but certainly things like the Trooper has some amazing harmony work on it. It sounded really, really great, and again, was part of their sound in a big way. It really set them apart from other bands at the time. Yeah, you know, and it applies to so many genres, and also the harmony, as I say, for working out harmony vocal parts. Once you understand this, you can do that. If you can play the melody, you can work out the harmony. Hmm. You then just have to get it in your head and be able to carry that tune in your head so that you can sing it along with what the singer is singing. Yeah, and hopefully you'll have it nailed. It's a good way in. There's so many guitar players that don't touch the vocal thing let alone the harmony thing, you know, the best they can do is buy an SM58 and shout Yeah Baby down it a few times a night. Yeah. Actually being able to pitch harmony vocals makes you very versatile as a musician and much more employable. If you can sing frontman vocals, that's great, but backing vocals also bring a song alive. Yeah. You know, and if you can bring that to the party, that's one less person that a band's got to employ if you're doing two jobs. Yeah. It makes the most of the musicians that are available. And you've got an instrument that's so good for working that stuff out. So that's going to really, really, really help you. And it's also going to help you when you come to extending chords. Because once you know the harmony, and you don't just know the shape, but you know what notes are involved and how you can extend that chord, hmm. and that you're adding a sixth, a fourth, thirteenth, whatever it may be, then that's going to help you as well. It, you know, the, the assistance that this lesson could actually give you if you took it to the end of the rope, I really did something with it and practice with it. Is is you know, there's a lot in here that I think could help a lot of people. I yeah, think. practice with another person or a looper. Yeah, absolutely. Or just somebody who's loopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's always good. Thank you very much. Dan. Okay, no worries. Cheers. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas, and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals, and guitar tone. 
If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud, or see our website on tunein-toneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs, and further research and resources. It's also a good place to get in touch. We hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and as useful as I do, and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Thank you.